the psalmist says, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and of great kindness. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Please be seated. I don't know about you, but personally, I find Ash Wednesday to be a bit awkward and disconcerting because it highlights for us two uncomfortable truths. One, we are sinners, and two, we are mortal. Now, I'm not saying anything that we don't already know, right? We know that we aren't perfect and that we can be prone to being impatient and selfish, lustful, judgmental, hurtful, and even mean. And we know that one day we are going to die and our life on this earth is going to come to an end. We all know that sin is real, death is real, and even judgment is real, don't we? But we don't want to talk about those things, we don't want to think about those things, and we don't even want to admit them to ourselves. Right? Does anybody else feel a little bit uncomfortable already and that this is a little bit of a heavy-handed way to start a sermon? Yeah, good morning, everybody. <laughs> we don't like these things, but Ash Wednesday puts them right in front of our nose. In just a few minutes, we'll go up to the altar and receive ashes, and we'll hear those ominous words, dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Even later today, my 10-month-old baby daughter will have the ashes imposed on her forehead. That gives me chills every time. After the ashes, we'll recite together Psalm 51, and that bluntly calls out our offenses, our wickedness, our sin, and our transgressions against God. So today is uncomfortable, and I admit I do not like Ash Wednesday. I do not like Lent. I don't like them, but I need them. I need them because they force me, they force all of us to face our sinfulness and our mortality. These things point out to us that we are not God, and so in our imperfections, in our mortality, we need to look up. We need to look for our perfect, holy, righteous, immortal, everlasting God so that we can draw closer to Him. And that's the whole point of Ash Wednesday. That's the whole point of Lent, is to draw us closer into relationship with God. Lent is not about feeling guilty about how imperfect we are. It's not about giving up the things that we like, like chocolate and coffee or alcohol. It's not about eating healthy or exercising more. Lent is not New Year's resolutions 2.0. Lent is about remembering we are limited, we're finite, and in our limitations, we need to give up whatever distracts us from God and grow closer to Him because our God is an awesome, loving God worth drawing close to. If you would, turn in your bulletin to the psalm, Psalm 103. It's on the second or third page in your bulletin. And just look at how this psalm describes God. Starting at the very top, you see that God is full of compassion and mercy. He is slow to anger and of great kindness. 
He doesn't deal with us according to how our sins deserve or repay us according to our wickedness. His mercy reaches all the way up as high as the heavens, and His forgiveness stretches from east to west. And although He knows our wickedness, our weakness, our flaws, and our short lifespans, He knows that we are dust. He, like a perfect Father, cares for us and provides for us His broken but beloved children. That is an awesome and loving God. And it reminds me of that beloved verse, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Yes, God knows that the world is broken, it's flawed and rebellious, but you know what? He loves the world anyway. He knows that we will often reject Him, turn away from Him so we can do our thing, not His. But He loves us anyway. He sent Jesus anyway. In commenting on Psalm 103, Pastor Wallace Bubar tells the story of a young woman trying to flee New Orleans right after Hurricane Katrina. She has no car and is with a group of friends trying to walk out of the city. She had been the daughter of a pastor in the Midwest, but the two of them had had a falling out when she was a teenager, and so she escaped down to the Big Easy, ending up as a bartender. And she looked the part. Anything that could be pierced was, and anything that couldn't be pierced was tattooed. But at this point in time, she's in trouble, and she's desperate, looking for help. So she comes to a news reporter and asks if she can use his phone. She calls her father with whom she'd been estranged for many years and said, Daddy, I'm okay. And then bursting into tears, I don't know how my friends and I are going to get out of here. I am so scared. When she hung up the phone, the reporter asked her what her father had said. And with tears still streaming down her face, she replied, he said he's coming right away in the church van to pick me up. Bubar then concludes, this is the kind of God that we encounter in Psalm 103, a God of steadfast love and mercy, a God who values relationship over retribution, a God who is so madly in love with us even when we are at our least, un, our least lovable, He loves us so much that He keeps on reaching out to us. That, my friends, is our awesome, loving God, who comes to us in compassion and mercy to pull us out of the muck and the mire, the mess we made for ourselves. And He comes not in a church van, but in His Son upon that cross. And as today shares the day with Valentine's Day, let me tell you, that is a symbol of love far greater than any Valentine's heart you'll see today. And so in gratitude, in gratitude, in love, in hope, in appreciation for the deep, deep love that God has shown to us, let us reach back out to the God who reaches down to us this Lenten season. Not because we're afraid He's going to smite us if we don't, because he's not going to. 
and not because we feel like we need to persuade Him through fasting so that He'll love us. He already does. But let's do this because we want to. Because in realizing how awesome and loving God is and how deeply loved, forgiven, and welcomed we are, we reach out because we want to be as close to our Lord as possible. And my friends, the classic spiritual disciplines help us do that, to get closer and closer to God every single day. There's a small handout that I made this morning and put in your bulletin that has some suggestions on how to get started with the Lenten disciplines. And for those of you joining us online, I'll make sure this ends up on our website. I'd also highly recommend you pick up a book like The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster as it goes through lots of great insights and tips on how to get involved in the spiritual disciplines. But in general, I would say we need to do two things. We need to take some things off we need to put some things on. We should take off the things that hinder our love towards God and our neighbors by fasting from food, abstaining from fine but unnecessary things, or repenting from sinful things. So for instance, in my own life, and I'd appreciate if you'd ask me how I'm doing with this, but why was that funny? <laughs> um, I want to avoid watching videos and getting sucked into my devices when I get home at night so that I'm more present for my own family and spend time with them. So I want to take off the videos, but I also need to put on other things, putting on the spiritual habits that will help us grow in love, doing things like prayer, scripture reading, giving generously over and above what we had already planned to do this year. For my own personal uh, spiritual disciplines, I want to read two books this Lent. One on how to pray better and meditate on God's love, and another on what it means to be a priest today, so I can finally learn what it is I'm supposed to do. Cultivating these habits of spiritual discipline is not easy, and we're going to fail along the way. Anybody ever started a discipline during Lent and like two days later you've fallen off the wagon already? Then you feel guilty and worse than you did before? But don't do that this year. Either. No. If the goal is to get closer to God, then even our hiccups, our stumbles, our speed bumps, even baby steps move us closer to God. So don't give up. Try again. Whether you make leaps and bounds or just a couple of inches, at the end, you'll be closer to our awesome, loving My dear friends, Ash Wednesday and Lent are difficult, but I'm telling you they are so important and they are so good. Yes, they uncomfortably remind us that we are sinners and that we will die, but they also challengingly remind us to practice spiritual disciplines. And above all, they gloriously remind us of our awesome and loving God who freely gives us help, hope, healing, forgiveness, and even eternal life despite our shortcomings. Or as the late great Presbyterian pastor Tim Keller says, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dare believe. And yet at the same time, we are far more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we could ever dare believe hope.
My friends, that is the message of the gospel. That is the message of Lent. And for that we say thanks be to God and amen.